Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather every Sunday morning at 1030 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now here's this week's message, We Found Him, as Pastor Joel goes into the Gospel according to John with John chapter 1. What we want to do this morning is we want to turn our attention to uh, God's Word. We're going to open uh, a series this morning in the Gospel according to John. Uh, we did the prologue a couple of weeks ago, uh, but today we're going to look at the really the introduction of John, beginning in verse uh, 19 of chapter 1. Uh, if you want to follow along in the Pew Bible, we're on page 833. 833 will be in John 1, beginning in verse 19. Um, and I know you were just standing, but can I ask you to stand once, once more as we read God's word? John 1, 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed, and he didn't deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. Jesus standing right amongst them and they didn't know him. Let's stop and pray. Lord, as we come to your word, um, summer has been so active and full and there's lots of uh, lots of things on our uh, to-do list and vacation plans and travel plans and coming back and resting and prepping for the fall. And Lord, I just pray in the next few moments you would give us rest from all that as we look at your word. That you would open our eyes, that we would see what you would have for us this morning. You'd open our ears. The voices all around us would be quieted and we'd hear uh, your spirit speaking to us. And that our hearts would be softened and that we would understand and love and find you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. Uh, before we get uh, to this text, I, I want to give you, uh, uh, kind of set this message up with uh, a game that we play in our house, what we did growing up when the kids were uh, smaller. It was a really fun game. Uh, it's kind of like hide-and-seek, but it was more like an interactive uh, hide-and-seek. Because I would walk through the house at some times, and the kid would be walking by, and I would uh, randomly scoop them up and run through the house and run into our bedroom, and then I would throw them on our bed. It sounds violent, but it's very uh, <laughs> controlled. But I'd often do it in like some flippy... Uh, Flippy kind of way. I have a video of uh, just at least me throwing them. And we'd flip them on the bed. And then I would run. I would run away. And it's all very safe. 
No one got hurt in the making of this movie. Uh, but I would throw them on our bed and then I would run. Uh, I would run through the house. This video is more distracting than helpful. <laughs> I would run through the house and I would hide somewhere and the kids, having so much fun being thrown on the bed, would come and run and try and find me. Well, uh, I'd often hide in places that I knew they were going to like run by. So they would, it would be just to the left of the door. So they would run out to the right and I would be right behind the door and go, ah, and grab them. And they'd laugh and fall to the ground and like, okay. And I'd pick them up and run them back to the bedroom, throw them and run off again and hide in the shower or behind a bookcase or something. And we would do this just over and over. We would, we would do this. Sometimes I would hide in like a really good spot, you know, like a dad spot to hide, uh, where they couldn't find me. Well, they'd come running out of the room, all excited, laughing, looking, and then all of a sudden the noise would die down a little bit and the feet would die down a little bit and I can't find them. And right at that moment, that exact moment, I'd pop out and grab them again and then run them through the house. All the while, them just laughing and enjoying it. And they'd be yelling out, I found him, I found him, letting the siblings know I found dad. Well, it wasn't really that they found me. It was really my delight to let my kids find me. Like It was my delight to find them so that they knew where I was. Well, that's the image, that's the picture of the text this morning. And we're going to see that the joyful delight of Jesus, his joy is when he allows you to find him. You might be thinking here this morning, well, I I'm still haven't found him. I'm looking for him. Maybe you're even discouraged this morning because you've been looking and looking and looking, and it just seems like you can't find Jesus anywhere. I mean, where do you even start looking? Where is God, where do, you, where do you find him? Well, this brings us back to our text. We're going to look at three stories this morning. Three stories of Jesus delighting to find people and their joy in finding uh, him. Our text is actually divided up very nicely. There is a, a title uh, on each of the stories that we have the next day. You'll see it in verses 29 35 and 43, if you have a Bible. Each of them go the next day, the next day, the next day. We're going to be looking at, at three days where we'll see the stories of John the Baptist, of Peter, and of Nathaniel. And then we'll see their friends and family along with them, but they're really at the, at the focus. And we're going to see that Jesus delights to find each one of these people. He, he delights to find the humble. He, he delights to find the person seeking and looking he delights to find the doubter. So we're going to see the, just Jesus' joyful delight and then us finding him. And hopefully this morning you'll find him as well. Let's look at the first one. Jesus finds the, the humble. This is the story of John the Baptist. And just as a, a side note, this isn't John who wrote uh, the gospel account. Uh, this is another John. There's lots of Johns in the Bible. This, uh, the gospel writer, the disciple of Jesus, writes about John uh, the Baptist and John the Baptist finding Jesus. Verse 29. The next day, he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, 
I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself, I didn't know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Let's, let's stop right there. John the Baptist goes, I found him. I found him. Or, or, or better yet, even, Jesus found me. See, John the Baptist was in, uh, starting off in ministry in the wilderness, and his ministry was blowing up. Uh, in today's world, uh, it's like he had a YouTube video, and he had millions of subscribers. There were people just flocking to him, so much so, uh, so much impact he was having, that the people in Jerusalem were sending out like uh, some of their leaders to go, we got to go investigate what's going on out in the wilderness. Let's send some people out there to find out what's going on. They come to John the Baptist and they ask him, okay, who are you? What are you about? Are you this powerful person or are you this important person? And John's response to all of them is, nope, nope, nope. I'm just the messenger. I'm just pointing to Jesus. It's not about, it's not about me. So let's just picture, if you will, from just a moment. John the Baptist in the wilderness uh, he's, he's baptizing. He, he's involved in this ancient ritual of cleansing. Uh, that, that's, not, that's not new. We call it baptism, uh, but it's actually this, this practice of a, a renewing, um, a cleansing. Uh, it's a new I- identity. It's, it's going somewhere and changing. It's like occupations or identities or, or, or who you are. And, and John's out there in the wilderness, in the, in the mud, looking crazy, not sleeping very well, eating some crazy diet, and he's like, I'm here because I'm looking for the one who is to come. And he's baptizing people. Boom. 400 years, God had not spoken to Israel. 400 years of silence, and now John's going, I'm here baptizing because the Messiah is coming. But the days and the weeks and the months must have dragged on, and he must have been like, is he coming? Am I just doing this for, for nothing? Where is, where is he? When all of a sudden Jesus comes. Well, you know, Jesus is his cousin, right? So Jesus comes and wants to be baptized, and, and he baptizes him, and, and he didn't even know. He, he confesses, I, I, I didn't even know it was him. I wasn't that smart. I didn't put the pieces together. It was only when I looked up and like there was like this, mm, it's like a bird, but it was the spirit. And the spirit, when my eyes followed the spirit, it went down and landed on Jesus. And that's when my eyes were opened. The spirit opened my eyes to see who Jesus really was. And he says, in that moment, I found him. I found him. The the guy we've been longing for, hoping for, that could redeem the world. I found him. And can you imagine? So John and Jesus, they are cousins. And and so they knew each other uh, really well. Can you imagine the moment when, when the Spirit descends and John the Baptist's eyes are open and he goes, you are the Messiah? We grew up together. You're the Messiah? Can you imagine the hugs and the laughter and going, I found you. I found you. But what if, what if John, what, what if he would have been, you know, just a little bit too familiar? Ah, it's just Jesus. I, I grew up with Jesus. I mean, we were at birthday parties together. We, sometimes we did holidays in Jerusalem together. It's just, it's just Jesus. Well, what if the Spirit wouldn't have opened his eyes? 
What if John would have gotten such a big head? Because he's like, well, they're asking if I'm all these like Elijah or the prophet and, you know, I am kind of a big deal now. So Jesus, why don't we join hands in ministry? Because, you know, you're important, I'm important. Uh, what, what if he would have done any of that? I think the delight of finding Jesus would, would have been lost. But Jesus, he sees the humbleness of John and, and he delights to have him find him. He reveals himself to John. I'm here. Here I am. Jesus delights to find the humble. Let's look at the next story as well. We're going to see that Jesus delights to find the person who's seeking, the seeker. Verse 35. The next day, here's our sign again. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. So all this other stuff has gone on. There's John the Baptist, two of his disciples, and they're all talking. And he looked at Jesus as he, was walked, as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, hey, what, are, what, are you looking, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? And they said to him, uh, Rabbi, which means teacher, uh, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Now one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You're Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas which is Aramaic for rock, which means Peter. That's the Greek word for rock. Let's stop right there again. Uh, this scene, if, if we stopped and meditated on it, it should make us smile. Because what's happening here is actually, I think, very comical. Now, see, Jesus has already been baptized, gone through this thing, and now he's walking by again. He's like parading by, and he looks over at John. Well, John knows who he is, and it's almost like Jesus is like walking by and giving him a wink. Hey, you know who I am, but nobody else knows him. And so, so John, knowing that, sticks out his fingers. Look, this is the Lamb of God. Look, do you see him? Do you find, I found him. Do you find him? The Lamb of God. And the disciples that were next to John must have been like, a lamb? Is John like lost his marbles? That's a man walking in there, not a lamb. A lamb of God? I'm not, like, what is he even talking about? But if John, you know, our leader says something, let's, let's go check it out. What, what are you talking about, John? Well, the Spirit had opened John the Baptist's eyes. And, and so as he thinks through the whole Old Testament and the fulfillment in Jesus, the title, the Lamb of God, just fits. The, all these stories, all that we've been longing for is placed and found in Jesus and so he sees it, and he says, he says to these two, go after him. Go find out for yourself the Lamb, of, the Lamb of God. So then these two disciples, they leave John, which must have been hard as a leader to like people, you need to go to other churches and not this church. Uh, he's giving up that control. And then these two start trailing Jesus. And I wonder if they're like, now why are we, why are we following him? What are we, what are we, what are we looking for? When Jesus turns around and sees them and says, hey, what are you guys seeking? What are you, what are you looking for? I think, it, I think if they would have been honest with Jesus, they'd have been like, 
We don't know. <laughs> John said something. We're following. We, we don't know what we're looking for. But instead, I think they were like, um, can you show us where you're staying? Uh, and maybe it's because they were like, is your place better than Jesus' place? Are we moving up in the world? Or, 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 or maybe they just didn't even know what they were looking for. Tell us where you're, you're staying. I can only imagine Jesus' response. Where, where I'm staying? Okay, yeah, come. Here's, uh, here's where I lay my head at night. This is the blanket that I, I've used. Uh, how's that for you? you? You excited to come? Uh, and then almost like, Inviting them to sit down. What are, you, what are you really looking for? Is it really just where, where I'm staying? And if they said, I don't know. And Jesus invites them. Let's sit down. Let's talk. It's late. Let's just spend the night together. And as they talk that night, something, something changes in Andrew. That his eyes are opened and he sees. This is this is. Jesus, this is God's son, the, the son of man that was going to come in power. This is him. We we found him. So the first thing he does is, is he goes and he finds his brother. You see, it was Jesus' delight to find Andrew. And now Andrew delights to find his brother and say, we found him. Jesus sees Andrew's brother Simon coming and this very uh, Jesus-type thing to do and says, uh, you're Simon, but now I'm going to call you something different. He has the power and authority to do that. He, he says, your name is going to be Cephas or Peter. That's the Aramaic and the Greek word for, for rock. You're going to be the rock, Peter. Uh, Peter, very early on, knows he's just been called a name that he is not. He calls him that long before he was ever the rock. If you read... Uh, the rest of the gospel stories looking at Peter, you see that Peter is kind of a, he, he's kind of a big uh, mess up a lot of the times. Jesus tells him, get behind me, Satan, to Peter when he's arguing, no, you're not going to die. Uh, Peter denies Jesus in his hour of need, and yet Jesus calls him, you are Peter, you're the rock, because I see in you what I'm going to do in you and who you're going to become in me. You're going to become the leader of the church. You're going to preach boldly. Thousands of people are going to be impacted for the kingdom of God through you. You're Peter. Long before he was ever Peter. You know, Jesus sees you for who you will be in him too. Long before you see it in yourself. Along this journey that we have, just like Peter did, he's going to find Jesus over and over, showing up at just the right time. And finding Jesus along your journey is going to shape you. It's going to, it's going to shape you for his delight and joy and his glory. Even when you aren't sure where to look or even where to go, if you seek the Lord, you will find him. In Acts 17, uh, Paul gives this um, this idea that, that God has placed everyone in just the right place where they are, in the country, in the house, in the home, that you are here in a church in boring Oregon this morning because he wants you to find him. And he's actually not far away. He's right there. At, right there revealing himself to you so that you can have uh, delight and joy in going, I found Jesus. Paul says in Acts 17, 
that, that they should, these people that he's placed in just all these places, just you and I, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. It is actually not far from each one of us. He's right there revealing himself for this delight and joy that you could find him. Jesus delights to find those who are seeking. Let's look at the last story, the final story. Here's the next day that Jesus delights to find the doubter. Verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, who we just read about. Verse 45. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. Well, who's really found who here, right? We, we found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, this lamb of God that fulfills the Old Testament. Verse 46, Nathanael said to him, uh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. And it stops right there. Another story of Jesus finding someone and them saying, we found Jesus, and then them telling friends. This time it's Philip, and he finds Jesus, and he tells Nathanael, we found him. But Nathanael's response was to just doubt. Really? I mean, can anything good come from from there? I mean, if you would have said like a prominent or wealthy city or an important political city, then maybe I could see that. But Nazareth, it just doesn't line up for me. Uh, I've just got all these doubts and, and questions. And he's, he just invites him in, just come and see. Just come and see. And as he's coming, Jesus sees him and says, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And this is a, a power-packed line. It's a little bit confusing uh, if you don't bring in the Old Testament stories along with it. And I think what Jesus is doing here is he's inviting, uh, he's inviting Nathaniel's doubts and questions and saying, come. And see, the first person who was named Israel wasn't always named Israel. He was first named Jacob. And if you know the story of Jacob, it can be uh, described as a deceiver. Jacob plotted and deceived and schemed his whole life. He never gave like the upfront thing. He always painted this thing to, to work around and manipulate J Jacob until he runs into Jesus uh, in the wilderness, the spirit, and he wrestles with him and won't give up to him when God says, I'm changing your name from Jacob, this deceiver, to Israel, which means one who wrestles with God. Jesus, who sees Nathanael, he says, here's an Israelite indeed. He's not trying to cover up. He's not fake. He's not putting out anything in front of him. He's got these doubts and these 
hesitations and these questions, and he's real with them. Can anything good come from Nazareth? I don't know. And Jesus says, bring me your questions. Bring me your doubts. Bring me your fears. Because Jesus knows that in wrestling with Nathaniel, Nathaniel will find Jesus. He, he delights to find the doubters. He, and when Nathaniel finally gets it, because he sees him under the fig tree, which I think is a, it's an, uh, it's a picture of when the kingdom of God is fully here and the peace that reigns there, which I think Nathaniel is really hoping for. He's living in a broken world, and he's going, when is the Messiah going to come? And now that he's here, he doubts, and Jesus says, bring your doubts. I know what you really want. You'll find it in me. And finally, Nathaniel's eyes are open. He says, this is the Son of God, the King of Israel. Now, don't miss that either. He's just told him, this is an Israelite indeed, and this Israelite indeed has just confessed that Jesus is the King of Israel, which means this is my King. I'm a, I'm a, I have a servant, a subject to the King, a true Israelite that now claims that Jesus is King. Because Jesus has invited him, come and wrestle with me. And in that wrestling, you're going to find me over and over and over again, faithful in your life, and you're going to see me more clearly who I really am. And Jesus says, and if you think that's something, just keep following me. You're going to see even greater things than this. In verse 51, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man which is another power-packed line, and you need to know the context to what he's pretty much quoting from. Angels of God ascending and descending. Uh, the place, what that's describing is a place that's connected to heaven and earth. God's place and humanity's place together. Uh, there is a story of a man named Jacob. Oh, we just talked about him. Uh, Jacob's on this long journey. He's exhausted from the journey, so he grabs this rock and lays down because he's tired, and God puts him into this deep sleep, and he has this vision that he sees. Where he is at is the place that's connecting heaven and earth uh, together. Genesis 28, you find the story there. Verse 12, uh, Jacob, he says this, and he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Jacob's ladder. We've heard this story before. Now, don't think ladder, though. Think like stone steps. And the picture really is uh, of something like going up to the temple, God's space and human space below. There, there is this bridge, this way for humanity to have communion with God and from God to have communion with man. These angels ascending and descending on it. But only Jesus takes that story and says, that ladder, that connection between God and humanity... How you, how you get that way is going to be on the Son of Man. It's going to be on me. I, I am the ladder. I am the staircase. I am the, I am the way. It's the picture of, of this temple, uh, going up to this temple, but rather that temple is now found in the temple of Jesus. He's saying, Nathaniel, if you come with me, you'll, you'll see that the way to communion, forgiveness, redemption, everything is going to be found in me. That the, the way to commune with God is going to be through me. In that place where heaven and earth overlap, it's going to be in Jesus. Jesus, a living temple that connects us to God. 
Pretty powerful, huh? Uh, John starts his gospel by showing that Jesus delights when people find him. The humble, the seeker, the doubter. He, he invites them all to come in. And if that's where you're at this morning, you've got questions and doubts and fears. Jesus said, good, bring those. Uh, I, I think as a church, we often like dress up. We look all nice. We don't uh, swear or cuss. We speak really nicely. And then when we get home, we have these questions or we do other things. And what Jesus is saying is, forget all the dress up. Be an Israelite indeed. Come wrestle with me. Bring me your questions because I delight when you find me in your humbleness, in your fears, in your questions. When things don't make sense, when you're looking for something that you're not quite sure what you're looking for, he said, come and find me. Well, wherever you're at this morning, Jesus sees you. He knows who you are. He knows you long before you were even born. He calls you by a name. And if you've been called by him and you see him, you get it, you found Jesus, then the natural response then is to go tell other people. Did you see that in each one of these? It's like, it doesn't just end with, oh good, now I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. It's now I get to be a witness to the world around me. A witness of, from people who, uh, not much education, uh, they didn't know very much, but they said, look, uh, I don't know all this stuff. I don't have degrees, but this is what happened to my life. I was lost, I was blind, and now I see. That's it. So church, may that be us as we go through the book of John this fall. Would we see Jesus clear and clear and clear? Would we find him in the pages every day? And then when we go out from here and go, we found him, we found him, come and see. You don't need to make decisions. You don't need to like put all that stuff. Just come and see. And that's the invitation for all of us this morning as well. When you seek him, you'll find him. Let's pray. Jesus, we, uh, we long to see you because this world is broken. I think much like Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree longing for, Lord, when are you going to restore your kingdom? When are you going to take the corruption and evil out of our world and make things right again? Lord, that's what we want. And so, Lord, we want to see uh, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, and, Lord, we need to see that through Jesus. So would Jesus become more alive in our lives? Would we, uh, would we wrestle with him this week? And as we find him and see him, would we proclaim that to others as we go along the way? We found him. We found him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, Thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.